welcome to Perspectives Podcast. My name is Bruce. This is a place for conversation from a variety of cultural and faith perspectives. Today, we have a wonderful friend and guest and neighbor from Ukraine with us, the first of several Ukraine updates that we're going to do. Before I introduce Lena, I know many of you in the West, um, the news isn't showing as much what's happening in Ukraine. And uh, over here in U- Romania, I was going to say Ukraine, um, we are watching and listening. And actually, I listened to uh, the Telegram is a, a great podcast. It's out of the UK. They have a daily podcast in English, uh, reporters inside Ukraine, and they give a I think a non-political, as much as possible, uh, perspective on what's happening, at least from the military perspective, as well as civilian situation uh, inside Ukraine. And so I get a lot of my information from there. But because of friends and ministry connections inside of Ukraine, uh, we really as much, if not more, information from them, uh, as much as the West can give their bird's eye opinion and perspective. There's nothing like living inside Ukraine or any country during uh, an active war. And Lena has been uh, inside Ukraine. She grew up there, but she's been there since the onset of the war and living in Rzhishiv, which is where our family has spent the last 15 years. And she's he- here with us in Romania this past week. She's this is the first time she's left Ukraine. Her and her friend Anya, my friend Dochka, uh, here in Romania with us, bringing a piece of home. And we thought it would be, before they leave tomorrow, it would be really... Uh, important to get the perspective of Lena, who's lived through something she never anticipated in, in a million years, that her country would be invaded. And the the whole context of life has changed. You know, your relationships, your neighbors, um, your rhythms, everything you can think of. Lena's married to Dima. And Dima and Lena work at Lighthouse, and they also uh, just have family roots in the area. This is an opportunity because Lena and I haven't talked so much. She's come here, and she's leaving tomorrow. She's uh, uh, went for a few days just with rest in the mountains with uh, my wife and has been visiting friends, but they are anxious to get back. I want to introduce Lena. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. And she's a little bit nervous, as am I. This is only the second or third podcast that we've done. But these conversations that we have are so meaningful and helpful to me and to Deborah that we're actually in our living room right now. And so just want you to relax and let's just talk about the last few months and, and how you're doing. Maybe just share a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and give us a picture of who Lena is. Okay, I was born in a small town, not far from Rzhishev and not far from Kiev. Uh, grew up there. I went to university in Kiev and lived in Kiev for seven years. And then came back to my uh, city to serve in church. 
I was uh, one of the leaders of youth group there, and I was uh, like leading worship in church. And there I met my husband, Dima. We got married. And in few years after we got married, we met Bruce. Once he invited us to serve in Rishi in Lighthouse. So in Lighthouse, we continued to work with youth. Like I opened for myself new um, sphere. Like we work with widows and old ladies and men. It, it was awesome. Like it was something new for me and I liked it very much. And my husband is a musician, so he uh, runs Bruce's studio. <laughs> in it's house. not my studio. It's <laughs> his studio. I'm not allowed to touch anything. Okay. Dima knows where every chord is, every... So let's get it straight. He works in his studio. Okay. <laughs> yes, and both Dima and Lena have been, over the past few years, just really good friends and, and neighbors as well. Um, can you take us back to just maybe a little of your story, like how, as a, as a believer in Ukraine, how did you come to know Christ? I was too young. I was like 13 or 14 years old. So my friend, which I met on the school disco, nice. and it was Oles. Really? Like, also our friend. Yeah, he invited me to come to youth group. And the church just had been started in mm. Kaharwik. It was very small, like home group. And we had youth group. And I liked it very much. I liked the foreigners like who came to tell mm -hmm. us about Jesus. They were different. They were happy. Did they, could they dance? No. No. They didn't dance, but we played lots of games with Sanson, just had fun, so I liked it. And I liked it, them so much, so it was like very natural to me, like in a couple of weeks when they asked, do you want to be part of the church, like believe Jesus? I said, yes, of course, I like it. Mm -hmm. So, but because I was too young, I think I just liked the atmosphere, and mm -hmm. I accepted atmosphere. But after that, God slowly started to change my mm -hmm. life. He saw your so open heart and started to work more and more. That's cool. We'll fast forward here. And you and Dima, now Dima also has a heart for and an amazing testimony as well. And so you both, both, I would say, have a heart for people and being authentic having like genuine relationships with people. And so it was easy to see that uh, God was at work in your lives and going to use you in different ways. Neither of us, any of us imagined it would be like today where you and Dima are actually the main leaders over Lighthouse as our family has left. And now you're taking up that responsibility. Take us back to last Christmas, New Year's, the army is amassing the Russian army and we're seeing the news. I start to send some, not warnings, but I'm in the West and I'm here, I'm watching the news every day and we're, Deb and I are, are all obviously concerned and praying. Did you believe as the closer January, February that something would happen or was it a total shock to you, Dima? Uh, yes, it was a total shock. We didn't believe that something can happen. 
maybe because we heard these messages through years, like once in like few years we had warnings, mm-hmm. and I think Russians uh, manipulated with this theme a lot. Mm-hmm. Every time Ukrainian government just did decided something they didn't like, they they were manipulated this like theme. Um, right, building of their possible, army. possible more, and they, yeah, were, they yeah. were doing trainings. They this wasn't the first time they brought thousands of troops around the border. So people need to realize this was happening off and on, not only the war in the east for eight years, but that they would do these training exercise, mm-hmm. uh, and also in Belarus they were when even when we were in Belarus, uh, our family the, the Russian army would come in and do all these exercises. But to the Ukrainians, you got used to that, I think. Yeah, so we got used to that very much. We didn't believe at all. Mm-hmm. It's February. Everybody's just trying to stay warm. You go to sleep one night and wake up the next morning and war has begun. Um, tell, take us back to that first 24 hours and what were you feeling? How did you, you and your family react? We we were very shocked. So someone I don't remember who it was called us like even before six a.m. and said it started. So like many people, even in Kaharvik and Kiev, lots of my friends heard actually some explosions or some noises, and they woke up uh, in the morning and. Mm-hmm. This news spread very fast around Ukraine. All the social networks lit yeah, up. Yeah. It was just overwhelming. Yeah, so we were shocked. We didn't know what to do. We, uh, But because Bruce and Natasha told us before to be ready and ask, uh, asked us continuously, what are you going to do <laughs> if the war starts? So we had some plans. We had our um, backpack. Uh, but I don't know why. I prayed to the Lord and I I asked him what to do and I heard I, I think I heard his voice like inside of me, like he said, everything's gonna be alright. Just stay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then later in couple days um like they said that men cannot go out of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So in and at that moment I understood that I'm staying for sure because I'm not leaving Dima. Like I cannot imagine myself to live somewhere else, but he stays in Ukraine. I think I would m- much more nervous than than living in Ukraine next to him. So you made the decision to stay, and this is before Russia comes down from Belarus starts to circle around Kiev, and I remember looking, it was like a cancer that just began to circle, and, and we are, our village is about 70, 80 kilometers directly south on the Dnieper River, and so if that circle had completed and they had surrounded Kiev, Rzhishev was right in line, like they could come right down mm-hmm. in a day or two and and be there, and I remember as that started to happen, thinking, get out, like I, I was encouraging everyone to leave. Uh, at the same time, we're having all these refugees come in. 
from the east, from uh, Sumi, Kharkiv, like everybody's coming from the eastern borders. And even from Kiev, we're coming down because of what was happening. And so our home, our area, including our houses, became places of ministry very quickly. Uh, take us back, take our listeners back to there was a period where it was seemed to be very overwhelming. Did you ever question whether you really heard from God? Like, should I stay <laughs> during that process? Or did you always have peace? Now, I was, from the first day, I didn't understand myself because I was very concentrated. I had no fear. I had no, like, I didn't cry. I was super concentrated. And it was a surprise for me because I think I never in my life been so much concentrated. Like, like we would say focused. Focused, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't didn't have fear. And I think now when I when I think about those days, I understand that I was like too naive after Russians uh, left the uh, Kyiv. I understood what that means and what would I go through if mm-hmm. if I if really they came to to so Speaking of for our listeners the the devastation from the occupation, uh, Bordyanka, Bucha, these areas. So, and that was, that. that's important, I think, for people to realize is how shocking, like, reality wake up for the whole country. This is what happens when territory is taken. It's not everything's fine, we're here, you've, you've been liberated. Uh, this idea that they're liberating Nazis. No, they came in and there was... Uh, carnage and suffering and the worst kinds of things uh, that you can imagine. And that would be fair to say it was a shock to Ukrainians, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah I, I, now I believe that when God told me to stay and he will uh, like be with me and everything will be fine. And if I need to leave, he will, he will tell me. It was my deal with God that he will tell me mm-hmm. if so and it it helped me to go through because and I I really believed that I will hear from the Lord if mm-hmm. we need to leave Russia. So and I think that's what he meant because the Russians didn't come and everything is fine. But but then after yeah after we saw what Russians do in occupied cities, we were shocked. And I would say I like I would never want to go through it. Mm-hmm. So my opinion now, like, if they come in, yeah, yeah. So if we see you have, the, an, e- you have an exit plan, yeah, too close, we should right. like move to right. west. Can you t- just tell our listeners some of the stories, or maybe pick one or two folks that came from places where their apartments or their places were destroyed and they had nowhere else to go? Just uh, does anybody come to mind that you could tell us? That we were able to provide space for and serve. Uh, Alexander and his wife Luba, they are um, a couple in years who came from Kharkiv, and they went through like this bombing not far from from like they not really from Kharkiv but outside of the um, city. Mm-hmm. Like, Alexander was injured. Like most of we had. Families with kids who saw um, planes uh, falling on their way 
to receive mm. like lots of thanks and all these people who who went through some like bombing they look different at everything they mm. and we feel that they really need safe place and that's what we try to provide in Rishu. So some of them came for some time and left abroad from us, like mm-hmm. to West and then abroad. Some of them came back to their cities, like towns, because they couldn't couldn't take it anymore, being away from home. So and after Russians went away from Kiev, they they but some people stayed because they had no houses anymore and mm-hmm. cars. Like this man from Irpin bomb, mm-hmm. like, a rocket. Like, yeah, the rocket went, uh, came to uh, his apartment in Irpin and and his guys burned. So like he he had no place to go to go back. So he stayed. But now uh, most of our guests they found the place to leave, like because we encouraged them to go go on. To mm-hmm. settle their life, mm-hmm. find a job, like find new friends in Rishu or somewhere else mm-hmm. and, and live further. You're talking about like starting your new life in Ukraine. We're in Romania and many Ukrainians all over the world now doing this, you know, putting down roots, trying to start again or waiting still, you know, for stability inside Ukraine, but as someone who's in Ukraine now, uh, what is the condition right now, the economy, uh, is there work? Like After the war started, everything stopped. Everything was closed. Just only like a few product uh, shops were working. Uh, and it seems like everything is frozen, but then in some time, like I remember in, mon- in months, a month and a half, our government and president said, "Hey, let's let's work, <laughs> let's do mm-hmm. business, let's do economics in Ukraine, especially those who uh, like far from from the war zone." People started to open their cafes and restaurant and 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 do life and do business, but it was hard because. Uh, Different like logistics is broken. Some of склады, uh, you know, like, like a storage yeah. places for different products next to key were destroyed. So lots of people. The supply lost. chain was was broken. It still is in some yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah. So for mm-hmm. some people, it was like very hard. Mm-hmm. Some people had to start it from the beginning, and and yeah, some. Uh, I don't know if there's enough of my English for to uh, explain this fear, but in Ukraine, uh, you know, we're not, like we s- say we have corruption, but corruption, it's like one thing, but there's like lots of similar things where we give to each other, like different like things or do something for each other just because we know people. In Ukraine, a lot of things works not bec- not how the law says, but but how you know people and you give them more 
little bit more than the law allows you to mm-hmm. uh, like give in in every sphere so and of course yeah because lots of people went out of ukraine you know like less restaurants and cafes they have less people less guests so less money there is nothing like like a big problem but little by little you see that prices are going up some people uh, lose jobs some not i feel like yeah we have all food everything seems to be fine but m- maybe like in winter we will not effort like some can't food. afford to buy yeah. this, the products are too expensive for ourselves mm-hmm. so uh one of the things that i've enjoyed or been blessed by looking from outside is seeing the different ministries like to children to the elderly but then also like your bicycle ministry i mean i i'm watching the news and seeing okay there's rockets over here and there's problems over here. and then I, my next thing on my social media feed is oh there's lena and dima riding their bikes taking groups out past checkpoints mm-hmm. uh on your bikes they must think you're crazy mm-hmm. uh going on two two three day excursions this was a, a passion or a dream a few years ago to have bicycles and to be able to rent them you've done safety courses i thought it was interesting even in the middle of all of this chaos that that people are bringing even more dima fixes bikes your husband mm-hmm. and he's busy fixing people's bikes and people bring in bikes from kiev yes. to have some normal rhythms inside of all of this chaos and to see how the different ways that god is using you to serve and to connect with people the last thing before we finish I mean, you're, you are a born, and we would say born and bred Ukrainian. Um, you love your nation, your country. Uh, how have you been able to process what's happening right now? It's easy to look online and just be filled with hatred toward Russians, like all Russians. But as a Ukrainian, how do you feel about your country? And as a, as a believer, how you, how are you navigating all of this? Yeah, it's hard. Yes, yes, of course, I'm patriotic. Like, I love my country, and I think God loves my country. Yeah, from the other hand, I'm I'm Christian, I'm God's daughter, and I believe that all of his children are precious for him. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's, like, really hard to take all the death of Ukrainians and even of Russians. <laughs> yes, but I think we we should also tell the truth. And of course, like I feel sorry for Russians, Russian soldiers that they had so many of them died in Ukraine. But what can I do? They came to my land. They came themselves. There's a lot of manipulations in Ukraine, like in Christian world. Lots of Christians say, okay, we are citizens of heaven. We don't care about like war and who's right, who's wrong. But it, it shocks me because how can you not care about this? Yeah, I don't think it's right. Mm-hmm. I think God wants, wants us to care about lives 
about what's going on. And I believe that if all the Christians would care and would name the things with its name, maybe Russia wouldn't come. What do you mean by that? Um, like lots of um, Russian Christians for this war. Mm. And they're saying that that's right. We went because God is punishing Ukraine with this war. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they feel the, like Russian soldiers is ones whose God's hand right. to came to punish. The power, the power of the narrative is so... It's so powerful but if they're just watching one channel and they're getting all the information just one one direction. Next week we'll be interviewing some friends that are still in Russia and just how uh, life is it's like another reality, like another reality. And we think all these sanctions are doing all of this and their reality is they're not really doing much. Um, and so encourage you to check back next week as we talk uh, to some friends inside of Russia. But as a Ukrainian, uh, do you have hope? Yes, I'm optimist. Like, I want to believe that war will end soon and Ukraine mm-hmm. will win and we will have our territory. Of course, I... Lots of people in Ukraine say that Ukraine gonna be like the second Israel, always ready for war, and it should be this way with such neighbors. But but I really want to believe that it will end soon. Yeah, we agree with you, Lena. Thank you for sharing. I'm sad that you're leaving. I uh, hope that we can see you in person soon again. Everybody wants this to end. Uh, There is no Nazi fascist movement inside Ukraine. We have only seen the emerging, flourishing Slavic people taking power for themselves away from a few at the top and businesses starting to grow. You know, at Lighthouse, we we had just had our first year after almost 10 Uh, of profitability. So the the middle class was just starting to get on its feet. And here comes the, the, uh, the neighbor to crush it back down to uh, chaos and instability. And so I, I share your dream for a stable, flourishing Slavic people, a Ukrainian people free to choose their own path. Thank you, Lena. And if you would like to connect with Lena and just uh, wish her well or send a prayer, you can. I'll put her Facebook profile in our our comments section or description of the podcast and encourage you to do that. It's really important inside Ukraine that they sense and feel support and love uh, from those outside, not just weapons and packages, but there are real human hearts on the other side. Uh, in solidarity with them. So thank you, Lena. Welcome. (laughs) We'll see you next time on the Perspectives Podcast. Thanks for listening.